Hi guys, welcome back to uh, Life Education's podcast. Today, Caroline and I are meeting with Catherine Williams. Um, Catherine and I, we met originally actually at a focus group in one of the clinics here. Yeah. Quite a, maybe, was it a year? Up and running, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, they were inviting sort of people in the industry around to have a, a brainstorm as to how we could best That's improve That's right, there things. was. There was all sorts of different people from... Di- uh, there was certainly nobody on, fit on female fitness there, yeah. but there's a lot of very serious, yeah, and that's what well that was qualified it. people there. We'd never met before, and, no. and that was where um, it was brought to my attention that you have your experience with female people in the fitness industry. Yeah. So, do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit and how you ended up? Sure. Um, obviously, my name is Catherine Williams, and I work specifically with women, primarily pre- and postnatal, and then now pre- and postmenopausal as well. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't have a clue how to train a man. <laughs> That's it. But I think when you come to working with this as well, it's more than just training. It's coaching and things. And that's, I've come to that over a long period of time. Because when I started out in fitness, um, it had always been a sideline. And then I think when I came to Dubai was when I just went into fitness full time. And back then, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> step was the thing. It's a long time ago. <laughs> Step aerobics. Step, I was teaching step aerobics, and yes, I was in a leotard. Mr. Motivator. <laughs> yeah, no. And the high top. Um, Did you have a headband? Uh, uh, no, I, just, I never uh, wore a headband. I'm picturing <laughs> Olivia Newton John. Well, it was. Yeah, we had sunshines. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what happened was, uh, this is before I had kids. I just said, right, I need to know more about all this stuff. And I went to America to IDEA, to the convention there, and randomly. 13 other women from Dubai came as well. So, like, the ladies, the step aerobics instructors from Dubai went <laughs> to Vegas, and it was bonkers. And the jet lag was mad. I mean, I was doing fireman workouts at 5 in the morning because I couldn't sleep. So I just basically went through this week of idea on about five hours sleep. What's it was idea? Idea, it's um, a huge uh, American... It's like um, it's the, like the American Union um, and governing body of fitness there. It's not reps, um, which would be the the ethical control lot. In the UK, you would have FitPro, uh, uh, fitness professionals. Uh, America is an idea thing where the idea is where they have um, various levels of groups, from personal trainers to companies to instructors and things. And they have huge bank of research. They do an awful lot of data um, release. So I think an idea, what they do is they they investigate all sorts of wacky research behind fitness. You know, you know they were the first place, that, that was 20 odd years ago, and people were swinging out of um, silks, which now you see in, in, um, in a row. In a Caroline does a little classes. bit of it. Yeah. That, that's Aerials. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's quite brave though, isn't it? I think you're yeah. very brave. I'm addicted. No, I don't do the silks. So it's a, more like a hammock. So you have yeah. like a little seat at the bottom. So you do see the seat. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's much nicer. So anyway, I went off to this idea thing and there was people there like, um, I mean, Poliquin goes, Charles Poliquin. He's, yeah, he's yeah. spoken at it and uh, various other people. And it blew me away. And I remember going to, uh, uh, the first time I'd ever been on a Swiss ball was there. And they had these guys up from Florida, because they got some big old gals down there, and they got to show you how to handle a ball. Nice, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and I started going to the lectures rather than the classes, and I got really into the, I suppose, the egghead side of fitness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was it then. I just started, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I still taught some classes, but I just got so stuck into it. 
and I came back and then I got pregnant and I uh, was going through this pregnancy and nobody knew what to do really the research was ex- ridiculous to be behind and because I'd been on such recent training and I was learning to really look at um, focus groups and now I'm doing a psychology degree as well which makes me really picky about the kind of research mm. that I see and I see figures and things I want to see this focus group I want to see where it is I want to see where it's multicultural um, who did it what the ranges were what their baselines were I want the information to be really credible I, I'm really snippy about th- well, that I think, actually yeah. I think uh, like a few years ago it would have been a lot of trial and error because just I don't yeah. know if this is accurate but um, I know that in the past a lot of women particularly say when my mum was pregnant with me she was and this is in the 80s she was bed rest and that's what women did <laughs> bed rest yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and it's only in the last 20 years that now women are like well no I'm not going to rest for nine months that's ridiculous I yeah. want to I want to have a life and I want to do everything that's normal as you should oh yeah I mean Certainly when I got pregnant, that's what got me into it, because when I got pregnant, nobody knew anything about that. I thought, this is bonkers. I've got to figure this out, because, you know, clearly I was fit as a flea. I did not need bed Bed rest. rest, And the other thing was as well, because I was 35 when I was pregnant, I was deemed to be a geriatric mother, (laughs) and I was in high risk for everything. And I remember going to these antenatal groups thinking, really, I'm probably fitter than this nurse mm. <laughs> and healthier and I've probably got more food so knowledge. So what was the consensus at the time? What were people recommending for you to do at the time in terms of health and fitness? Walking and swimming. Okay. Walking and swimming. I think Remember you're, feeding, you're eating thing. for two. So wrong. Terrible first pregnancy. Put on zillions of weight. All the rest of it. And by the time I, and I actually came out of that pregnancy feeling terrible. And experienced postnatal depression. And the thing that got me through it was exercising. You know, not crazily, but I worked... And I worked with... My mom was, was quite a lot older than me. But she was... You know, my parents were actually terribly progressive, considering their background. They were both from the country in Ireland, you know. They are mm. both from farms. Uh, my father had been an athlete. And I remember him saying to me, nobody is designed to sit on their backside and it's, uh, just because you've had a baby. Up and out. So that was it. And I just... I remember saying, well, I'm just going to get a walk... I mean, I think my baby was about four weeks old. I'm thinking, mm. I'm just going to walk for an hour every day. And this is key. Part of that walking, sure, yeah, I went out and I sweat and I walked. But part of that walking was time out for me. My brain whizzed. My emotions whizzed initially. And then it started to calm down. And I came back a happier person, a happier parent, a better person. And it got me into looking at more and more things because what was out there at the time was ridiculous. The information was on, you know, studies that would have been conducted in the 80s. And this was 2001, mm. you know. So by the time I had my second one in 2004, I was so genned up. <laughs> so how was, how was your second pregnancy different? What did you do differently the second time around? Second time around, well, I was fit going into both. And that's what I would say to anybody. The ideal way to get pregnant is to be as healthy as you can beforehand. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, that's important. I experienced different pregnancies and that the first one I was never ill, whereas the second one I felt, which was a boy, <laughs> I felt horrendous for about three months. Uh, but that was quite good because it gave me empathy for the people I trained. So I've had two very different pregnancies. During that second pregnancy, I did not consume a thing that was not organic. I was like a demon. I made, I really, really was careful with the food. I ate like plenty and I was it was fine but uh yeah my only treat was I allowed myself coffee every day 
enjoyed that and relaxed in it. I exercise six days a week, and this is key for pregnant people. You need to exercise more often, but at lower intensity. So if somebody says exercising four days a week, and they're doing, say, a couple of really high-hit sessions, and then some good strength training, and maybe they have a bit of yoga or something, that changes. You know, it depends on the pregnancy. Every pregnancy is different. But certainly for me, what I did was I dropped my intensity, but I kept exercising. So what were you doing? What types of exercise? Um, for, for a pregnant mother, if you have another child, a great thing to do is put the old one in the buggy and walk like crazy for half an hour. <laughs> so the child's hitting G-force in the buggy. But, you know, you're all happy. The child's getting his mother's attention. You're getting That's a great bit of cardio. I did treat myself. I employed... Uh, a personal aqua trainer. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he was fantastic, and he changed. See, this is the difference. It's like what I've seen you guys talking already about before. This is the difference between getting good fitness people and getting the rest, mm. okay? Um, I mean, you can go to anybody and sit and lie on the floor and do bridges or sit in a ball and do hip rotations. You can do that while you're waiting to have the baby. With him, what I liked about him was that he changed my swim stroke as I got bigger and how my back changed. Kept watching me like that, so I tried to be like that. So, with what difference clients. did he make? Like, what were the adjustments? Well, for example, to, as I got a lot bigger, um, I he took me out of anything breaststroke because I was starting to really hyperextend, and it was uh, my my spine, and it was bothering me when I got out of the water. Mm. So, how just how big is bigger? What kind of what month are you in or, or around? Oh, I don't suppose I was, when I was bigger, got, I got big at around seven months. Yeah. You know, big, big. Yeah. Um, and it depends also. That's another thing you have to watch with pregnancies because some babies, you know, everybody talks about the boys are at the front, the girls are at the side. Whatever the gender, you have to see where the weight is displacing. And also, the other thing is that babies move. So pregnant people, when you're looking after them, can be experiencing discomfort. And sometimes a baby moves into a particular area and stays there for a little bit. And that can really um, affect the stability of their pelvis, for example. Um, a lot, what I see a lot of in, in pregnant women are uh, pelvic instability because they're in discomfort. And if they're standing a lot or, you know, on their feet a good bit, they tend to transfer the weight onto one leg. So one leg becomes quite dominant, the other one isn't so much, and then when you start to work on the other one, that becomes quite painful. And the other thing to remember is that because the baby grows up, the rib cage lifts and expands. And this is a huge effect on um, cervical uh, health. Right. Uh, they come up here, they get a lot of scaling tension. Mm. It's really, really important to train people when they're in their best possible position. So I would say... If working with pregnant women, you probably spend the first 20 minutes mobilizing, stretching them. And throughout the, preg the, the workouts, what I personally find effective, which is one of my trial and error things, is that they actually can get quite tight. Now, this is because you have relaxin in the body when, uh, after 12 weeks, and that is the hormone that um, you know, releases makes you the joints, yeah. yeah, makes you hypermobile. And uh, for some people, that's great because they're actually quite you know, mm. tonic tight people. And just that's that's the body the female body releases that in order to allow the actual birth yeah. to happen through the pelvis. That's it. Yeah. But the rela the relaxant doesn't just focus on the pelvis because it's released throughout the whole body. So everywhere becomes you know, even their jaw. Yeah, it it, it it doesn't affect the collagen in the ligaments. Um I don't know exactly. Okay. But it 
Yes, it will. That's what it will do. It goes into, it's, it's exactly it. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, it's ligament laxity that will occur with that. It's not really in the, in the body and stuff, in the muscle. So um, what will happen with some people is that it can be quite good for them. And you can just keep encouraging the stretching. But for a lot of people who are already, say there's somebody with hypermobile hamstrings, for example, you'll find that their quads at the front will really lock on because their body's going, hang on a second, I, I'm actually unstable here and I'm having to really clamp up at the front to make this work. So you've got to be very aware of that. And obviously things like rolling is a bit more complicated, trying to get a pregnant woman onto a roller. And some people are, well, no problem about getting down the floor, shoving the bump over to the side and doing stuff. Other people are terrified. And that's also cultural. Right. Um, you know, we were talking there earlier about your mum when she was mm. um, having you. The cultural differences are phenomenal in how you handle pregnancy and babies. You've got to think there's people out working in fields with newborn babies strapped on their back, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's other people just lying in a bed. The worst thing you can do is lie in a bed unless you have to have bed rest for the safety of the unborn baby. But the cultural differences in how you approach pregnancy is stunning. And then I do think that there's a misconception of fitness as well. Yeah, so maybe you can you know. discuss those a little bit more because I'm quite intrigued. What do you mean by cultural differences? Uh, differences? Oh, what have you noticed gosh. and seen? Some really daft things. Yeah, because in the Middle <laughs> East you see so many people from so many different cultures and everybody practices, uh, well, lifestyle, um, how do I say this? Uh, <laughs> parts of their life uh, yeah. very differently. Oh, they will, yeah, yeah. And you, I think you'll find that... For example, within the local families, it's unlikely they're going to exercise in the first 12 weeks within the Emirati um, community. However, that's becoming really progressive. Or maybe it's just because they know me. I don't know. But um, you find the first 12 weeks, they tend to say no. And I understand that because the first trimester is the dangerous time. That's when you can lose a baby. That's when most people do lose them, you know. So when training uh, women, you really need to know their history. If it's a first pregnancy, well, it's green field. You have to just work with it. But if people have had um, these issues, you need to know like about them. Like miscarriages, yeah. things yeah. like that. And why. Or trouble conceiving. Yes. And sometimes it's just simply um, just a, a chemical disorder, and that's a medical thing. Uh, but you need to know about stuff. And, you know, people sometimes don't know that much about their body. In fact, I actually trained somebody postnatally. She had four children, okay? In four years, she'd had uh, two children and then twins. So in four years, oh. she'd had four kids, right? At no point had anybody told her she had scoliosis. Oh, wow. And she was wondering why she had backache, <laughs> you know? And it was so simple. I mean, she just did that roll down. And I said, okay, fine, you know, do you born with that scoliosis? Or she said, what's scoliosis? Um, okay, let's start back here. Nobody gave her that postnatal care. No medic looked at anything except her pelvic region and her children. Right. And this is, you know, it's there's such a mechanical approach to this type of thing. We're a whole unit. Mm. You know, just because one bit is working in a car doesn't mean every other bit is working. You know, I mean, if it's a car like mine, there's always lights coming on. Yeah. But that alarms me. That, or, you know, I, s I have come across people who are, they're getting an MRI and I, and they have full medical insurance, but the MRI is covering this much of their spine. You think, 
surely while you're in there, would you not do the whole spine? Yeah. It's another half an hour. But h- how can you, just because these two little bits are funny, do you, did it ever occur to all these people who are so well qualified that maybe the other bits attached to it might have caused this? But you come across also, uh, like this daft questions I've been asked. For example, if I do squats, particularly if they're low, will the baby come out? And I was thinking, have you seen childbirth? I mean, seriously, <laughs> if that was what happened, people would be coming to be like that. <laughs> yeah. Squats, let's do yeah, that. Yeah. Do you want it now? Just cough. You'd be employed by the hospitals. And look at people thinking, you wish, darling, you know, I wish. <laughs> well, it doesn't work like that. You know you need a lot of leg strength, but I won't be standing and I'm thinking, okay, you need to go in and have a look at a birth unit in a hospital. That's important. I mean, that's one of the things I do actually have it's in my eggheadery. I do go and have a check of the different um, facilities that are used. Oh, I'm interested. What what type of facilities? Well, just to see how you how people birth options. Yeah, you know. I know. Recently, sorry to interrupt no. you. That my uh, one of my younger sister's friends had a baby in Australia, and she's a very young mum, so no risk. Yeah. Uh, she was in her early twenties, and I had no idea. But in some hospitals in Australia, there are swimming pools <laughs> that you can have a baby in the water. That's fantastic. In a hospital, yeah, yeah. how amazing is that? Yeah, I was like, it's really? It's not better than a blow-up pool yes. <laughs> in the backyard. Yeah, no, just just to see where they are and things like how the st- you know a lot of things are. Their beds stay up to here with stirrups there. That you know these wire things that you stick your feet. You don't know. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> I'm learning. There are metal it's things like you put your no. feet in, and it kind of puts you into a, a sort of like an inclined squat. So, but for a lot of people, they would prefer to be on all fours. So you want to know whether those things switch around or what they can do, or you know, are, are you going? Are you going to be? I can't interfere with their birth, but are you going to be in a facility? Where your they allow you your gynae or your midwife, yeah, allows you to move, allows you not. Will you be with the mm-hmm. midwife more? Because the midwife is the one who really gets you through the birth. Yeah, um, I had a, that a kind of thing. A friend of mine in Abu Dhabi, she said she had the most amazing midwife, and the she was too late to have an epidural, so the midwife was like, "All right, let's go on all fours," and she literally got onto yeah. all fours, and then out it came. Obviously, yeah. not that easily, but no, no. it's it's quite it's interesting. Coffee. Yeah, because <laughs> there's uh, there's a lot of different. Um, Different approaches where where women just have to lay on their back, mm. and, um, which is that can be hard actually. But you know, trying to explain to somebody who's never had a baby, look, you're going to need your shoulder strength if you're on all fours. You know, you've got to spend some time in four point kneeling. So there we go. Yeah. You know, you're going to be need to be able to squat. You you're going to need to be able to use your lungs. You have to be able to breathe. Um, and if you work your training sessions and c- incorporate all those kind of things, but do them within good sequencing so that they get a good workout because we need to come out of the workouts feeling they've exercised but if you do those it really does help their birth so what would you recommend that fitness professionals incorporate into a training session when they're um seeing somebody who might be pregnant okay so every time they are coming into a session they need to look at their client with fresh eyes every single day you know be ready to be flexible in what you want to do i always have an approximate workout planned but you you might have to shelve that it's not like training other people where you can plan your you know your program along a kind of a periodized route way um don't be tired be fresh you know talk to them all the time but keep observing 
because sometimes they're just too tired or too wrecked to talk or they don't know what they feel like they're so emotional when you said don't be tired be fresh is that a recommendation to pts yeah why why do you say that i'm curious i think that pts uh, have pressures for their own lives and tend to run things back to back and there's it, some of training pregnant women can be limiting you know you haven't got quite you haven't got the same spectrum to pick upon so you have to take your spectrum and make it different, uh, the same thing, but make it different to keep the client enjoying it and feeling that she's having some time for her and, uh, you know, and getting, getting effects. But I think p- you've got to want to do it because you'll find it boring if you don't. I mean, I clearly am passionate about this kind of thing. But it's uh, at the risk of sounding off-putting I just think it's vocational you really have to want to do it you really have to educate yourself all the time I think it's the same with rehab because rehab is a lot of small exercises very quiet time very focused in on what's happening it's not clapping your hands screaming and shouting at somebody to keep going to motivate you know yeah you're not you're not counting a clock down you're not counting reps yeah again there's been times where I'm in a session with someone and I'll lie on the mat beside them to talk them through something and I'll think wow <laughs> if I stay lying here <laughs> I, c- I could drift off I better sit up yeah you know I yeah. better not because it's, it's like you said it's that you have to be fresh because the, each hour is someone's completely different experience yeah so you, need, you do I agree you need to find a way some of the guys I used to work with would have uh, this is when we were much younger and they would go out on a weekend and they'd come in on a, on a weekend morning and they'd be working with clients, and they have these different like, where they they hold their keys in their hand, and if they feel that they're nodding off, the keys would drop onto the floor, and uh-huh. they'd wake up. Oh wow! That's oh god! Bad. <laughs> that's really yeah. bad. Client, no, yeah, no she'll have fallen off a ball or I something at this stage. You can't I do that at all. But no. that's, this is this is the, yeah. these are the true, tricks yeah. and tactics that some people used to yeah. use because they would choose in choose a lifestyle that yeah. leads them to be tired and I mean that yeah. probably people in that lifestyle don't really want to work with these kind of people anyway um, uh, I don't want to go into my job thinking oh come on come on you know I really don't want to do that I've done that before I mean gosh you know when I worked in offices <laughs> my previous bosses <laughs> hope they don't hear this but I remember I used to think right I've done this stuff done this stuff can I just go home I'm just not interested in being here yeah. I just didn't want to be in an office whether I got the I just couldn't be motivated by having a corner office or yeah. something. Yeah, and look, I think I think everyone's different, isn't it? Some people love an office. Some people love the corner yeah, office, and yeah, they couldn't yeah. think of anything worse than to sit in a gym on a Swiss ball and look at somebody moving up and down. Yeah, that's their idea of hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. each to their own. You, it goes back to everything. You've got to do what you enjoy. Yeah, but I, I think yeah. Uh, at th- what I'm hearing a lot from from people and from discussions is that it's. For a PT, get yourself educated, get really qualified, find a niche and maybe mm. charge a little bit more, but do your job well yeah. and uh, be responsible for the people that are in front of you and actually have a little bit of, well, maybe a lot of respect for their time and your own time. Um, yeah. You don't, I mean, as people say, oh, what's the expense for a, a trainer? But if you get a good trainer and see that trainer just say once a week, Providing that trainer has access to your life and sees and is familiar with other parts of their li- your life and is calm enough to communicate with other parts of your life. For example, I got a new client recently who 
um, does actually does uh, private Pilates with somebody I know who is very good. But she wants a little bit more. And this, her Pilates instructor said, you've got to do something else as well. <laughs> so she came to me and she said, what, what do I need to do now? So first thing I said to her was, stay doing what you're doing. You know, stay with it. Here is my number. Here is my email address. Give this to your Pilates instructor. Tell her to come back to me with any feedback she wants. I will see you on this day. You see these ones. I will not mimic anything you do in your, in your Pilates sessions because you're already doing them. What I suggested, because I am Pilates qualified as well, I suggested, for example, that she did... what Because she's doing these anyway, classes anyway, I said try and do a little bit more functional work, like mat work, not just all reformer and things. Because reformer is brilliant, but if it's the only thing you're doing, it's not always... You're not on your feet, you know, and that's functional mm -hmm. for real life. So I think that you need to be calm and confident enough to say, that's okay, you know, you can see other people, you can do what you like, it's absolutely fine, I'm really happy to work with them. And I'm very suspicious, for example, of um, people like, you'll get the odd nutritionist or something who says, you must not, people, you must not exercise, I will not liaise with the person who works with you, this kind of thing. I think, okay, that's your choice, but this is where personal training becomes coaching, I think. Yeah. Personal mm -hmm. coaching, and that's what I feel is the whole thing that with women you have to coach you cannot go in I don't know really what it's like training big guys um, maybe that is just a case of telling them to, I don't know to eat certain foods and beast them a bit but for the women and I'm sure it's not I'm sure it's I don't think Keith, you don't train that many huge guys do you no not in the not in the kind of bodybuilding realm no yeah I get guys who want to who do muscle building exercises but they're they're you're Run of the mill kind of, yeah. kind of man. Um, I think though, like, a you get a very different type of man coming to you, and it's all dependent on their goals. Do yeah. You know? Like, not every guy wants to be uh, a bodybuilder, or not every guy. You know, ideally they'd like to be fit and healthy, but not everybody wants to pack on muscle. Some yeah, they don't want to look like that. Necessarily. Yeah. Some people they just look because they know how much work it, is, it requires and they're like look I'm not into that I'm not into gymming five days a week and eating everything mm. I just want to come and feel good and blah 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 or else you know I play a certain sport I want to be able to move from my sport or I've got a certain injury and I want to be able to fix this injury yeah. I've got a kids I want to be able to play with them at the weekend after that I need to focus on work and I did it I can't eat very well because I travel so there's certain okay. limitations so kind of what can I do so we, we work within those realms um, but a lot of I think there's a, I think there's a huge crossover. It's very people are very similar, male and females, in the gym, in the sense where they're all there to do things that they've got to push themselves. Now, this mm. is your this is your general population. Mm. This isn't the pregnant women, and it's not the injured yeah. women because things start and the elderly things start to change. Um, but I think it's all just depend on people's goals and where they are in their life. If they're injured, if they used to be injured, if they've had a really yeah. bad experience with a trainer, if they're brand new mm. to the gym, maybe they've never been in the gym before mm. and they just they feel like they have to do something. So, yeah, it's not quite the same as a pregnant lady anyway. <laughs> yeah, I suppose by the nature of being pregnant, they're going to be not the same as the gym lot necessarily. Although they, a lot of them come out of the gym, and people, you see people doing amazing things when they're pregnant. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of it is about the coaching. You have to look at them pre and post, and 
prep them for the post because you have to get their sleeping patterns right. You have to deload them. They're all over the place hormonally. So you're constantly trying to deload them. And also it's training them into doing that for later stages because when they've got a couple of kids running around, they're going to be stressed out of their head. And one of the, it's not so much what the children are doing. It's the fact that they're exhausted. They, you know, I remember talking to one person. She had not had a full night's sleep in 16 months, okay? And that's a long time. Yeah, and sleep is so important. Yes. So I can't it's function key. without I mean, it, w- it is a form of torture. Sleep yeah. deprivation <laughs> is a recorded form of torture. And how you're expected to make decisions about, you know, ill children and, you know, that's why mothers end up going to the doctor continually because they're just too tired to make a decision. You know, I've heard them saying, oh, they're always at the doctor. But if you haven't slept for months, <laughs> you've got three yeah. small children and one of them's a really grisly child anyway. One of them has just broken its leg. Um, the other one seems too quiet. And then they're going into nursery or something and they're saying things like, well, in class she's fine, but she doesn't really sit on the mat that much. And I remember actually talking to recently to... Um, a newly qualified, you know, newly qualified, but a fairly recently qualified, good, good, good teacher. And she said, "Why do they have to sit in mats? You know, they, they shouldn't have to sit in a mat. You know, they sh- I'm not saying stand up and walk around all the time, but you know, you've got to work with these children. You know, we mm. teach, th- teach them to stand up and walk and talk, and then we tell them to sit in a mat and stay quiet. No wonder they're confused. You know, so that 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 whole, you know, there's nothing more more full." of stressy minute than having children in nursery or, sm- or small children in junior yeah. school. To be honest you know? with you, um, I find it just so admirable, like what women are capable of, of doing. Yeah. It's just amazing. Like I going back to my mom, like how did she do that? <laughs> Three kids, whoa. Yeah. It's, yeah, and a, a full-time job and like it's, it's yeah. so admirable. So then to step aside and actually look after your own health when you're looking after children at the same time. Um, Society teaches women to put themselves in second place to their children. Women want to because it's biological. This child contains your DNA. You've, that child, you've grown him. I mean, I actually said something really, I said that. My son is 13 and he did something in a rugby pitch that was really good recently. And I jumped him and said, oh, God, that's fantastic. And uh, another dad turned around and said, um, that's your boy. Then I said, I, says, I grew him. <laughs> and I just thought, actually, do you know what? I did. Yeah, from scratch. I grew him there and yeah. then I fed him and I looked after him. You know, I mean, obviously my husband was part of the procedure, but, you know, <laughs> it's biological. You will do that. You will look at, um, research, research has shown, you know, things like the tsunami in Thailand and things like that, that families on holidays, the husbands are the part, the men, I'm saying husbands, they don't have to be married, but the men turned to look after their partners, their wives, their partners, and by the way, got the passports. <laughs> Whereas the women pick the kid children. Mm. So that's just biological. You're you're trying to work with it, and then you you know. Well, and at least there's there's one person looking after it's everyone. Teamwork, yeah, 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 yeah. You get the passports and me, and I'll get the kids. Yeah, but then also, fathers have to come into the equation there, and that's another thing that women have to take on board because they have to have time with the 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 kids, and they have to have time with each other, and your relationship gets pushed aside, and then you put more time into the relationship and still not looking after yourself. And in the meantime, this is all building up into a big snow, a big postnatal snowball of negative toxicity. 
You so know? if if women are suffering from postnatal depression, um, particularly when they're going out and looking for advice and personal trainers, what, what are some of the tips that people can use? Can I just, before you get to that, how does somebody identify that they may be struggling from postnatal depression? Before, before Okay, and so then as a trainer, you're not qualified to diagnose them. Sure. But you're qualified to suggest that they, if I was in your situation, which it, I mean, you can say I was or I wasn't or whatever, I would do this. So as a trainer, you need to also... <laughs> when you're not going around looking at stirrups on the bed. <laughs> it's a very good thing to be aware of what's out there for, to help them, such as empathetic psychology. So just have a look at a few centres and things, you know. I've done talks in one, actually, because I think it's really good. But then that can be expensive, too. Um, have, have a look at what you feel is pertinent for deloading them. Now, mindfulness is a buzzword at the moment, but if you can really focus for these women on MBSR, which is mindfulness-based stress release, not the cognitive therapy or anything like that. So what is, what is that? Um, it's mindfulness for stress release, mm-hmm. okay? But what tactics do you use? Um, well, you can send them to somebody. or I mean, I, yeah, I'm a mindfulness coach, but not a lot of trainers are mindfulness coaches. Mm-hmm. And I work a good bit with... Um, I'm working with... Uh, uh, Renee actually from Up and Running because we both do this together. So um, a lot of it's about women. Um, she's a fantastic um, wi- uh, women's health physio. Yeah, I know, know Renee. Yeah. She's yeah. also a Pilates teacher. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, she is exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We're all in this small world. <laughs> these, these are all. And, and you look at the, you look at this women's health world, and you're looking at Pilates, you're looking at mindfulness, you're looking at physios, um, you're looking at support. I would just love to see it all. In um, this, you know, women's health physio, health coaches, mindfulness coach, everything working. I don't want to exclude men. I think men should have it as well. <laughs> you should have your own. <laughs> but, um, it would have to be because it has to be different. Oh yeah, 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 Just yeah, different yeah, challenges. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it would have to be different. Gosh, Ooh. everyone in the same place. <laughs> that yeah. would be oh, cats and dogs. Yeah, I just I, I have this vision. This is where I'm going in my head. And it's glass-fronted, and you can see the beach and the sea. And I would love to see us all in there. And there's an exercise facility. There's absolutely no way in life I'm not going to recommend to people that they exercise, but they have to do what's right for them. You know, reps and sets are good for some people. Um, You know, creative movement is better for some people. So you need to know, as a trainer, you really need to know, um, you know, your stuff. You really need to know about multiplanary training, about re Prehabbing them, rehabbing them, referring them, um, and that there's really good people in Dubai as well. I think there's really good people around. I mean, I I love what PTC do. I, I like I don't love them when I'm in your classes. Sure. <laughs> when I'm lying <laughs> sobbing on the floor yeah, in my own sweat. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Is it six thirty yet? <laughs> but I love that. I love what's in it you know I'm I'm really humbled mm. by what I see around me I'm really humbled by you know Keith's knowledge and um what I see Renee doing and what I there's some really good people yes there are an awful lot of not very good and that's really sad and I try not to be around that and that's fine those people might change and become something else 
I know these people, as you say, are in a gym trying um, to fill their slots and get the money in. But I think I think that's also the natural. Sorry, I know we're digressing here. We were talking about postnatal depression, but I think that that's also the natural progression of a person within their own career as well. Because yeah. you can be someone who's just starting out, and you might not be ready to do all of the other stuff. You might just be ready, like I've got these exercises. I've just become a PT, and I'm learning how to do this and I'm going to focus on this and I'm not quite skilled at doing the other things yet so I think in that regard we also as fitness professionals Mm. have to understand that everybody's in a very different phase of their professional career Uh, so we're hoping that obviously everyone's going to get to a place where they're first for knowledge um is able to be um, yeah more progressive for them. And yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, and it's my what I, <laughs> it's what I, I want. What I like to see in, I think fitness needs to present itself with more humility. I think so. Like, what we're hoping to do with this website is to expose people to different aspects of the industry and allow them stimulate their own brain. Yeah. So take the take the pre postnatal course. Take the menopause course. If it's not what you're into, no problem. You've given yourself some education. Mm. Go down the route, look, check out the rehab course. Okay, rehab, now that's stimulated something in your brain. So now they can progress their their own education down that route. Yeah. And they can become a specialist in something in the rehab realm. And then they go on and they do maybe lower limb or they go upper limb. Or yeah, that's exactly no. it, yeah. So... Or even if they're not ready to do courses, just like listening to these podcasts yeah. and being able to go, mm. oh, okay, well, I experienced something really similar. Well, that's exactly. And when I came back from America... I thought, right, I'm going into rehab and I'm probably going to go into education, which is clearly what I haven't done. But it, there's a crossover between rehab and, and working with women who you know, well, need help. Yeah, and particularly that's I fell into it. postnatally, you think about all of it, even during pregnancy, you have uh, diastasis recti, you have pubic mm. symphysitis, you have lower back pain, sciatica. There's so many conditions that yeah. arise throughout pregnancy, even uh, diabetes. So you mm. think after pregnancy you've got postnatal depression and the assortment of conditions that have arisen during pregnancy so it they and huge emotional issues and everything that's all hormonally related as well and i mean so many women actually come out of the hospital and say you know what i preferred my belly when i was had a baby in it because at least it was taught you actually left with this kind of oh god yeah you have a changing body a human being that you have to look after you have a changing emotional landscape no sleep it's just it's a like it's a mind feel and like i just all the time think women are just amazing on top of that trying to have careers and relationships and like a social life and look after and body brush and put a dinner on the table yeah and it's like oh and I have to look after myself too shit I have to brush my hair I have to yeah in fact somebody uh, we're just amazing amazing. (laughs) (laughs) this girl who hadn't slept for 16 months right and uh, and you know we're obviously talking about her she wasn't actually a client she was a friend of mine and we were talking about her energy issues <laughs> obviously have to sleep and then it transpired he would deal with her children in the morning then go to work stop at a garage buy a sandwich a like a pre-packed awful sandwich you know and she was vegetarian as well so god knows what was in it um apart from awful processed cheese stuff and bread <laughs> and bread yeah yeah some sort of processed uh, you know sweet sugar thing bread and, yeah and then she'd go to work work all day drive back, stop at the garage, get a sandwich. She would eat it in the car because she could. <laughs> you know, she'd get a break and then go home. 
So she didn't even have the experience of sitting at a, of a plate. You know, we'd all love to sit with our beautifully behaved, fantastically dressed, clean children looking out over the garden, you know, nibbling on organic crudités. It's never going to happen. But at the least you're entitled to is a meal. So all we did was just change her food. Not Didn't even discuss things like, no, you can't have this or you can't have that. She kept having her sandwiches for a while and then she started to change and she started to have wraps. And then in wraps she started to have more salads and then she started to have more greens and then it just, it mm. just came around. And she was more energized because she had more nutrition. And I got her to drink water. I said, go to the loo at night time, leave a big bottle of water in there, go in there first thing in the morning, okay, lock the door, pretend you're in the bathroom, and drink and drink and drink and drink. So you're hydrated to start the day. So at least your body can then consume the nutrients, okay? Mm. <laughs> and, and like there's things like I got her to do, for example, she had no core strength at all. Really severely deconditioned. Which happens to a lot of women post yeah. postnatally, they and they don't allow themselves time. I said, "Go to the bathroom." <laughs> I love bathrooms for uh, for women. Pretend you're running a bath. Just trickle the water so you don't waste too much. Here are your planks. This is what you start doing. Core engagement. Da, 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 da. She wasn't doing planks, but you have to call them that because people want to plank, don't they? So, um, just things like um, prone, you know, activation and things like that. And start working on that. Then turn the tap off. Everybody thinks you're out of the bath then. And off you go. And it's only going to take you 10 minutes every night. So she started doing that. Now she goes to classes. She swims. She's, you know, she's she's great for food and things. But that's the sideline. That's the sideline of what really goes on in coaching pre- and postnatal women. You can't produce what you want to produce for their goals in your set couple of hours in the week, whatever they are, one or three hours a week. You can't do that if the other if the other parts of the equation are not working. Yeah. It has to be, you know, you can't turn on a light in this room if the electricity's off. Yeah, I think it's a, a lifestyle thing massively. But when you think about women and you think about pre and postnatal and you think about a woman after giving birth, so much of their life has changed. So I know that this is a very silly and different analogy, but I remember when I moved to Dubai, uh, coming to Dubai and feeling quite depressed because I didn't have all of the things that I had, obviously, in Sydney. And I started to look at the things that made me really happy in Sydney. And yes. I was like, okay, well, being in the water, going outside. And I started to bring those things into my life here. And it just changed my mood drastically. So I think mm. for, for postnatal women, it's okay, well, what are the things that made you really happy? Let's continue yeah. to incorporate them into your life after or pregnancy. Yeah, or, or yeah. get those things back. So there has to be a balance within your life. So you've got time obviously for your children to look after them and also be able to look after your body and incorporate the things that made you really happy and feel fulfilled uh remembering those things as opposed to throwing them out being like okay yeah. i've just got a baby this is yeah i've, I've just got a baby i've got to do reps and sets and have protein shakes no fun in my life at all and again that's the misconception of fitness to people i often i really think we have to change our terminology or something if they think that it's going to be Horrible pain. Okay, it's not going to be, you know, eating a bar of chocolate in a gym or something. <laughs> but you, they, there's so much negative associations with improving your life. And actually, in, in some situations, it is appropriate. You know, for some people, they can have time to 
probably not postnatally. But <laughs> for some people, they have to step out of their comfort zone a bit more. But if you can, as I say, I think the whole thing of deloading, looking at the allostatic stress through, that has gone on through life, figuring out where the traumas are, and deloading in a very practical way. So I do think as a trainer, you need to know things. You, know, you need to have referrals. You need to know good, you know, here's Pilates, here's yoga. For example, I, I mean, I don't teach yoga at all, but I know the differences between them. So for, I probably wouldn't put, suggest that a postnatal woman who had a deconditioned core did, um, went straight into, say, Ashtanga. I would say Ying oh, would be. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, go to Ying or try to, and, say, and say, look, go and speak to them because I don't know enough about it. Yeah, or I I'll contact Ashtanga, them for you. Yeah, you need to develop into that practice particularly. Yeah, I mean, Ashtanga's tough. Yeah. yeah if you, and, and no good people to go to, not this, uh, you know. I mean, I've taken, I, I, I mean, I've seen people come into me and say, oh yeah, I've done Pilates for years. And they're, okay, fine. Right, let's see. Can you just go into imprint? I thought, right, this is, okay. <laughs> We're going to start back. Mm-hmm. And then you get some people who are really on the ball and really know things so you need to know your referrals who the different type of people are and it's not just it doesn't have to be just yoga and stuff maybe the, maybe these people are going to be you know some people are in, are in a physical and mental place where they actually need to have targets and some people I mean they want to do you know they want to run a half marathon for example I'd refer them to somebody else yeah. I mean I'd sooner stick pins in my eyes than run a marathon yeah. but uh, you know that that's fine, go and train with somebody else. That's what you should need to do. Come back to me for your postnatal rehab, maybe once a week if you want to. Um, some people don't know how to breathe. Mm. So you have to, it's, it's very individual. But I think if people can be taught, and if trainers can talk to people and explain the difference between training and just quietly and clearly, the difference between training and classes. Classes are great once you know what you're doing. Don't expect classes to reap what training does mm. okay it, it, it's not like that you can do small groups and it'll work but um, explain the difference between those explain that you don't have to be sold packages all the time you can work now here now there now, you know as long as you're doing the other work along the way mm. you know I've got plenty of people who I see just once a week mm-hmm. and yeah. they work on with their other stuff but communicate with them constantly you know and make a point of if I see somebody say Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, I make a point of keeping in touch with them on the Monday and Wednesday. You know, sometimes I just get up on a Friday morning and send a funny picture to everybody that I have. But you know, they're there. They know you're there to support them, and you're accessible, and you're not. They're not afraid. I hope that they're not afraid to come and talk and say, or say, look, I'm really not enjoying this, or actually, I'm deeply unhappy, or whatever yeah. it is. Okay, fine. I can't cure that. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, Catherine, you're going to be teaching a course for us for a life of education. So <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit about that course and what people are going to learn from it? The pre and postnatal. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope I would be. Able, I'm trying to use the most up to date research, and I'm not going to bang on on the course <laughs> all the time. But I would. Su- I'm going to very much suggest to people if you like the overview I give you today please go and do these other courses. Go and see people like Jenny Burrell or, you know, check out YMCA. It's really yeah. easy, really easy. And they've got good stats. Um, so we'll cover the trimesters and the, and the approximations within those. But I want to keep referring to everybody as well that as the trainer, you're the one who's in charge of the program. So if you need to change things, 
you know, you don't have to just do 12 reps in trimester two. If somebody is able to do 20 and it's appropriate, you know, go for it. It's fine, you know. But also, if somebody's in trimester two and they still can't do a push-up, well, stop pushing them into it. <laughs> you know, take them away. You know, isolate them before you start integrating again. And remember, you've only got a short span. Um, I would hope that they will get enough of an interest in it from the course to be able to go go into that, be, be fascinated by the, the the procedure and the changing body. Yeah, mm. and so that their 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 sessions with their pregnant client are something that the client knows they'll come away from feeling good. Mm. You know, they'll come in and think, "Oh God, it's going to be a bit of work today, and I feel really big and I'm really tired." But I know, and that's one thing my clients do say to me: "I don't love coming here, Catherine." But I know that I will come away feeling great. And yeah. that's what you want. You want a client going out that door, yeah. feeling exercised, yet still a bit flexible, tired, but f- yet energized with Yeah, positivity. feeling better yeah. after than they did before. Yeah. yeah. So go students are going to learn about the three trimesters. Yeah. Um, and what happens after? Yeah. And then... <laughs> Obviously, what you know, you how to, the trainer should protect themselves legally. You know what you need to know, what you need to find. They have to give you the doctor's clearance. Then you have to have that information. Mm. It's fantastic if you can establish a relationship with um, the doctors. They're not always; they don't mm. always want to talk to you. But slowly, as you have more clients come through to you and your name pops up more. They will send yeah. you the information, you know. And then you go through postnatal. Yeah, uh, and your checks. You, okay, well, and, we'll be um, discussing any injuries or anything that people yeah, need things to, to be look mindful. out for. And, um, you know, the, obviously the other complications of Pre-epic whether they're feeding, cramps, whether yeah. they're not, um, how they're coping with that, how they're sleeping. And the ergonomics as well of how they feed is really important. How they feed the baby. Yeah. <laughs> not themselves. Obviously, <laughs> they need <laughs> to feed themselves but as well. Yeah. Um, and the, the sort of hydration side of things. It's, it's really basic, that hydration side, but people never give it enough, uh, you know, enough credit. I think it's important what you said, you know, like this is an overview. This is like yeah. to give everybody an idea of what the considerations are for a full, a full term of pregnancy yeah. and then post. So um, if that is something that they want to go into the realm of helping people to go off and do the live courses where you get the practical... Mm. Um, yeah. exercises and you get I mean you can do really good ones online actually as yeah. well there's yeah one or two but yeah if you can get the live it's it's worth it you know you anybody in fitness has to keep upskilling you can't not but you yeah, should go to like just like we were talking at the very beginning of the podcast exercise like 10 years ago was aerobic step so <laughs> everything changes yeah. and uh, pregnancy and women's fitness was bed rest so yeah. obviously as uh, we do more research and as we evolve things change and as the mm. industry evolves yes so. i often think you know what it's like a piece of really great design you know it has to keep evolving yeah. Just keep changing. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks very much for coming to speak to us today. Where can people follow you online? Where can they check out your stuff oh, on social can, media or websites? They can find me on um, Pure Catherine Williams on Instagram or just email me as kath at purefitnessuae.com. Awesome. Perfect. Um, thank you very much for coming to speak to us. Yeah, thank you so thank much, you. Catherine. So Catherine's course is going to be available on a life of education really soon. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Bye.